Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Be sure to add love you mean it in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application. Hi everybody, it's Erin and Meg and welcome back to this week's episode of the Love You Mean It podcast. This week we thought we would talk about, I guess it's like a fun topic, we're talking about love languages this week and if you don't know what love languages are then we're going to explain everything so don't worry about it. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like astrology is way more talked about than love languages but we're going to talk about soon too that we think that love languages are more important obviously neither of them are like an exact science but they're definitely cool to talk about and definitely something you've probably heard about in the recent years and i think they're great because you can figure out how to express your love better and also receive love better Mm -hmm. and i think it helps you analyze your relationships more yeah so you can figure out like maybe where problems are coming from mm-hmm. or, you know, where you fit well together. Yeah. And I feel like you guys really like, I mean, obviously you guys like the episodes that we do with guests, but I feel like we also like, as well as you guys, love the episodes that have to do with more like specialized topics. Mm-hmm. So like the ones that we did, the, like the one that we did on toxic positivity, we like literally randomly did it one day yeah. and it's our most listened to episode. Yeah. But that, that like doesn't involve like a guest. Like mm-hmm. it's like, I think it's like our number four. I know everybody loved the episode about like hustle culture and all different things that we've talked about so we're bringing another one back for you if you're new here welcome if you're old here welcome welcome. we are not ageist (laughs) i literally make the same joke every week but it's fine (laughs) yeah but just thanks for sticking around and if you're new we hope you stick around but every week we do a segment about what we're loving and what we're hating we always get the negative shit out of the way first so we're gonna talk about what we're hating what i'm hating this week is the fact that i don't have my car he Yes, it's a boy. He's getting fixed right now. And I'm really sad because I feel like I'm like 15 and I don't have my license. There's nothing worse than that. Like, I, I know I'm going to have to bring my car into the shop because I'm still waiting on that part for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to have Meg drive me places. And it's so awkward because you literally lose all your independence. And especially because Aaron and I both have German cars. That's <laughs> a flex. We're, foreign we drive whip. foreigns. <laughs> my first foreign. Actually, it's my second foreign. <laughs> This is my first one. Uh, <laughs> I'm a virgin. You're a virgin? But this shit is we <laughs> have to get parts flown in from Germany yeah. most of the time, which literally sucks. Dude, that's what's happening with me now. Like, my check engine light has been on since September, and I had to order a part, and it's still not here, and it's January. And, I mean, that did, that makes sense, because, like, I ordered a package from Sephora, and it took six weeks to get here, so... Um, and that's domestic. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what international shipping is like right now. International so just, love. That's just, us with our cars. Just, just like give it a second. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm trying to be patient, but my admissions test is next month. Uh, and the car place was like, yeah, without this piece, you'll fail admissions. So. <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So I'm just hating feeling like, <laughs> like a bus waker. <laughs> Do you guys know that episode no. of the in-betweeners where those people are waiting for the bus and they drive past it? Like they drive past them. Who is and, it? So, like Simon says it, was, it. I think it was Jay. Oh, I don't remember. And they're like, oh yeah. And they're like, bus wankers. Yeah. And it, they like chase them down and he's like, call me a bus wanker. No. So I, that's just basically what I feel like. I feel like 
a loser. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you're a loser if you don't have a car because you're totally not. But I just, like, I personally like driving. Uh-huh. I like feeling independent. Mm-hmm. So... Hey, having to like wait for other people. Yeah, yet. and I feel bad asking people for rides. I just feel like I'm 15 and I'm like trying to get to the movies with my friend. I'm like, oh, if your mom could pick us up, then my mom will drop us off. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh I God. just hate coordinating that shit and being like, okay, I'm ready. And then you awkwardly <laughs> have to stand where you are for like 10 minutes waiting for people. That's my ick factor. When you're waiting for someone to pick you up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you just stand there and you like, you can't go anywhere. Okay, um, like, Meg brought it up earlier, but it's probably gonna happen. Maybe next week we'll do another episode all about ick factors, because... You guys liked that episode, too, but honestly, so did I. I think that was, like, low-key one of my favorite episodes, because it's so... Like, I laughed so hard. If you haven't listened to that episode, please... Honestly, just like grab a drink. You might spit it out, yeah. TBH. But I'll, like, I'll just link go, it down below for you. Go guys. listen to it because it's so funny. Damn, that was a while ago. I thought that was like last month. That was in September. Yeah, no, that was a while ago. Honestly, I'll just say now. We'll just do a Egg Factor episode, and then I think we have a few cool guests coming on, so that'll be fun. So yeah, yeah. Let us know what you guys want to see in relation to guests. Um, we're gonna have some cool topics like coming out but if you want anything in particular please let us know we're always open to suggestions yeah we always love to hear what you guys want to hear as well because we love you and we mean it but what i'm hating this week it's kind of we're almost like kind of collabing on this one too because you have some stuff to say as well but Mm. the show bridgerton on unpopular opinion we also did an episode all about unpopular opinions and we also did one about hot takes so if you haven't listened to either of those please listen to them because they're just really funny we'll link those down below as well but yeah um so aaron and our roommate kelsey and i all watched bridgerton because like literally everyone has been Mm -hmm. talking about it so i was like okay let me see what this is about usually i'm like fucking obsessed with like british historical dramas yeah like i'm that bitch and i literally watch like documentaries about like british estates and like history and shit like i love history so i was honestly shocked that i didn't like the show i found it super corny i thought that the acting was really bad like i know it's not supposed to be like super serious or like amazing but like i was just expecting a lot more and like everybody was like oh it gets better and like i totally get that if people liked it eventually but I'm kind of the same with books, too, that if I'm, like, if I get to a certain point and I'm, like, not excited for it, you know, and I'm, like, not looking forward to it, I just, like, want to give up. I don't know. I'm kind of, like, that person, though, where, like, if the first episode of something isn't good, why would I continue to watch it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially because, like, our roommate, Kelsey, we talked with her in the last episode, too, that she's only here for a limited time, and we have, like, a lot of stuff we want to watch. Like, we're, um, we're watching season to episode one of the servant tonight we're really excited yeah that's on apple tv if you guys don't subscribe to apple tv you honestly should because it's only five dollars a month i know and they have like the morning show servant they also stream just like a lot of stuff that isn't on other platforms mm-hmm. so i highly recommend it um they're also coming out with like way more shows yeah uh i heard they're coming out with a lot in 2021 so Gee. i'm like pretty excited yeah, but I mean, don't take it to offense if you like the show. We're not calling you like dumb or like saying that you have like a bad have bad taste. But like, it was just so funny. We watched episode one and then we were halfway through episode two, and like Meg just grabs her remote and paused it and was like, so like 
is it just me or just like nobody else think this is good and we were all like, like yeah like, what do you guys do you, i was like do you guys like this and we were like and, the, and aaron no. was like honestly no and i was like okay let's talk like it was kind of like a supposed to be like a makeshift gossip girl like there was just like gossip colonial column. gossip yeah a colonial <laughs> gossip girl like column writer who's like spilling the tea and stuff and you're supposed to like want to figure out who it is but i was like i really could care less don't get me wrong i love julie andrews i think she was like the only good thing about that show mm-hmm. and like i did appreciate like the outfits and like like the sets and stuff like that but it wasn't historically accurate and also like i just think they concentrated too hard on like trying to make people look good that they forgot to make it entertaining like it just like was too trying to be like too quirky yeah and like i like obviously like from time to time there's going to be a show where like the characters are hot for example i'm thinking of watching that show the boys and Mm -hmm. i'm like jack wade chase crawford Mm -hmm. hot but the show isn't like solely relying on the attractiveness Mm -hmm. of the me damn i'm really about to go off isn't solely relying on like the attractiveness of the actors i feel like in the past while shonda rhyme shows have been incredible and i've loved them a lot of it has been like a lot of the plot a lot of the like why people love Mm -hmm. the show so much is solely relying on mcdreamy or like president fitzgerald grant or like wes from like how i met Mm -hmm. um like from how to get away with murder like stuff like that and i don't know it was just like too obvious in the show and I do like how they, like, made the cast more diverse, mm-hmm. but also, like, I read online some stuff that people, like, weren't, like, super happy about the fact that, like, the only two, like, black people were, like, really light-skinned, mm-hmm. and, like, they wanted to see, like, more diversity and stuff yeah. for people, like, with dark skin, because, like, they often don't get featured. Like, if it is a person of color, it's usually, like, a light-skinned person. Yeah, and they so. showed the, like, they... And they also had, like, the queen in the show who went being a person of color, which was great. But, like, she was portrayed as, like, this really erratic person. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, I don't know. She just wasn't portrayed in the best light. Like, she had tea with one of the, like, other women in the town. And, like, she was, like, snorting coke in the middle of it. It was just so odd. No, and I, I feel like they could have done, like, a lot about race like mm-hmm. they could have like talked about it more yeah but they almost just like ignored it mm-hmm. which is like weird because at that time like english society was so racist mm-hmm. and they're just like kind of brushing that under the rug and like not like i know like later on in the season they apparently make a comment about how like their king fell in love with like one of us talking about black people mm-hmm. they were able to move up in society and like everything was fine but that's like not how the world works yeah. I, don't know, I feel like it was just almost like a fantasy yeah and they were like dismissing the struggles of black people like not weird. that they can't like hold positions of power because obviously they can but mm-hmm. like the way in which they got them was just like i don't know yeah i i just don't think it was like believable mm-hmm. and i think they really could have done something with the race thing and like talked about it more and made like like made it a really good platform for it but they just really didn't i yeah. think they kind of fumbled a little bit so overall we just really didn't like it and we will not be finishing but what are you loving this week what i'm loving this week is my boyfriend john i feel like it's perfect for this episode because we are talking about love languages but I had a bad day at work the other day. He came home and he got me Chipotle for dinner and roses. And that was just like... <laughs> what you said it. Roses. Roses. And that was just really nice because I totally was not expecting it. It was really cute because he like texted Aaron and he was like, oh, what's Meg's Chipotle order? And because like he... 
he doesn't like Chipotle. <laughs> so, like, when I order it, I never order it, like, with him. Yeah. I always order it, like, on my phone. So, no. I'm not surprised he doesn't know my order. No, because... but, and that's the thing, too, because, like, I was, like, oh, I'll look in, I texted him and I was, like, one second, because I was, like, I'll look at my Chipotle orders, but we always order on your phone. And so, I was, like, I only had mine. And I was, like, fuck. No, she, like, it was, like, pretty close. The only thing that was different was that, like, it had lettuce on it, and I usually don't get lettuce i used to always get lettuce but then after like e. Coli. the e coli breakouts i was like yeah i'm not getting that anymore because that's what it was from it was from the lettuce mm-hmm. so i was like uh. but what i'm loving this week is i mean this kind of applies to both of us again but just like i know we did an episode about like hustle culture but just like the hustle i got two new like freelance jobs in the past two weeks and i applied for like a part-time job as well as like a full-time job and i got i had like three different interviews this week and so it's just kind of exciting going into 2021 obviously it's not really going to be like the best year ever with covid and everything happening but it's kind of exciting to have something to look forward to at least like work-wise and then like the podcast is doing really great I don't know, it was kind of funny, Erin mentioned today how, like, the three of us, like, talking about, like, us and our roommate, like, we're all on this grind. Mm-hmm. Like, I applied to a bunch of jobs, and, like, I had an interview today, and, like, Kelsey's doing, like, freelance work. I just mm-hmm. think it's really funny that yeah, we're like, out here grinding. Like, none of us even talked about it, and then, like, all in one week, we were all like, yeah, I have an interview, I have a job, <laughs> like, I just got this, and I was like, what happened? <laughs> I really don't know. But I guess we'll get into the episode. Oh, I'm so excited. I love language. I, I love love languages. <laughs> I know, I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) That shit's redundant. So we're going to start off the episode kind of by like defining what like love languages are and then talk about the five types and kind of just give you kind of like a baseline to what that is. And Meg's going to talk about that right now. Okay, so whether you're like single or in a relationship, the way that you express affection to other people is like your love languages. And also it's the way you receive it. I don't think those two are like necessarily the same though Mm -hmm. like you can receive love differently than you give it Mm -hmm. like i think for the most part mine are the same they also differ a little bit but we'll get into that more later so there are five love languages each of those are words of affirmation quality time receiving gifts acts of service and physical touch it's different for each person Mm -hmm. honestly so like if you want to take this test, you can. It's the five long five lovelanguages.com. Yeah, I'll put it in the description box. Down it below. literally takes five minutes. It's based off of this um, book that this uh, psychologist wrote, Dr. Gary Chapman. I think it's been around for like a while. Mm-hmm. It's been around for like 30 ish years or something. Yeah. So, um, but it's used a lot with like marriage counseling and Remember stuff. Remember like when that. we did that episode that was like 36 questions that lead to love? <laughs> kind of similar to this. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> I think everyone relates to these in some way, Mm -hmm. but, like, they might be more apparent to each person. So, like, Aaron's love language might be, like, receiving gifts, Mm -hmm. whereas mine might be, like, physical touch or something. You know, it's different for each person. I wonder if it, like, comes down to, like, I wonder if you're, like, preordained to be, like, a quality time person or if it's, like, how you grew up or, like, something like that. I feel like it could be, like, I I saw this really sad post on Instagram and it was, like, your top language your top love language is the thing you lacked most as a child tea and i literally wanted to cry i was like fuck like imagine if it was like physical touch like no one like hugged you as a child like yeah girl no that's so sad yeah but i guess we're going to go into like each of them like specifically and just kind of give you a more detailed idea because obviously like meg just read them all off but it's kind of hard to know like 
what they are individually, you know? First of all, I'm going to talk about words of affirmation. So people with words of affirmation as a love language, they really just value verbal acknowledgement of affection, including frequent I love yous, compliments, words of appreciation, verbal encouragement, and often frequent digital communication like texting and social media engagement, which I think is really interesting and that's something I didn't think of. Is that like people that value like words of affirmation, I didn't even realize that it comes down to like frequent texting and like people engaging with their stuff on social media too. It's literally just people talking. Like, I don't think it matters, like, what form you get it in. It could be, like, an email. It could be a note on a post-it. But as long as you're, like, verbally communicating, that's, like, what it is. I wonder if, like, influencers had that. Like, if that's, like, you know. Um, But I'm just going to talk about some examples of words of affirmation. So I have five right here. So the first one is that you really just value having your partner say, I love you. Those three words can really, I mean, obviously they're meaningful to everybody, but Mm -hmm. especially these people, it's really just meaningful, special, and really reassuring for them to hear. But it's not even just like, oh, love you, Meg. It's like over and over and over, like like the main thing you appreciate when you're being acknowledged and praised it's nice to have your efforts recognized with kind words no matter how small it is and it lets you know that you're valued and it really is like extra points just for anybody if it's like out of the blue and you're not really expecting it Mm -hmm. which i guess makes sense another point is that the details matter and it's important that your partner remarks some things like if you changed your hair actually put on work clothes instead of your pajamas (laughs) okay call me out bitch It shows that they're paying attention, which helps you feel cherished. Another point is that you feel valued when people take the time to thoughtfully reflect and comment on something positive that they notice you doing, which, like, I relate to that. Yeah, it's like, oh, you working out? (laughs) (laughs) And the last one that I have... The answer is no. (laughs) No. And the last one that I have for words of affirmation is that when you do something nice for your partner, they say thank you, which makes you feel recognized and affirmed. That, honestly, like, to me, like words of affirmation is not my top one Mm -hmm. but i feel like that last point like i really resonate with because like it is nice when someone recognizes that like you've done stuff for them and you feel appreciated like please and thank you really go a long way i think like that's actually like the cause of like the failure of most relationships Mm -hmm. is that like women don't feel heard yeah and then men don't feel appreciated that's typically what happens damn me out here being a fucking shrink i'm like damn are you a psychologist y'all can sign to my dms <laughs> so the next one we have this is all about quality time <laughs> we're gonna get into our results after we like give you guys the example so that you kind of have the background but this used to be both of our number ones yeah well it was it was actually tied oh so for- i had this one and another one that oh, was tied for me it was number one okay people whose love language is quality time feel the most adored when their partner like actively wants to spend time with them and they're always down to hang out they particularly love active listening eye contact and full presence that is literally me well it's just like especially if you're like talking to someone and they're on your phone like it's different Ugh. if you guys are like just hanging out and you're on your phones but if you're like if you're like literally talking to someone and they're like not paying attention this is something that i do like if i have to go on i really try to make a point mm-hmm. to not be on my phone when someone's talking to me mm-hmm. and like if i do have to go on my phone to like look something up or whatever i always say like i'm listening yeah i'm just doing this and i like explain what i'm doing mm-hmm. on my phone because i think it's rude as fuck yeah a lot of people don't but i personally think it's so rude and i get really offended Mm -hmm. this love language is all about giving your undivided attention to that one special person without the distraction of a tv they really want to spend time with their significant other and have meaningful conversations 
and also do like shared activities so like if you have a hobby together Mm -hmm. or anything like that five examples of quality time are when you like to spend uninterrupted time with your partner and you just need like that undivided stuff like Mm -hmm. no distractions like you're literally just hanging out talking maybe you're snuggling or something i don't know but it's just like having that intimate contact even if you're not even like talking just like being together like you don't always have to fill the silence Mm -hmm. like it can just be like you enjoying each other's company yeah another one is that it's meaningful when they make time for you prioritize you and their schedule and they don't cancel plans i think that's true like obviously i understand like life happens and like you can't always fulfill your promises like in regards to like plans but if you reschedule i think that's fine but if you just cancel and you're like nah i'm good but if you say like hey like i can't today can we do it monday Mm -hmm. like that still shows that you care the next one is creating memories and special moments together is super important sharing new experiences means the world such a cute one time is precious and it's meaningful to soak in every second of your time together that one I felt that. You feel content and happy when you're around your partner, even if you aren't really doing anything. The important thing is that you're spending focused time together. And I think that's huge, just like being intentional with your time. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. The third love language on the quiz is acts of service. So fun fact, this is actually both of our number one. So if your love language is acts of service, you really just value when your partner like goes out of their way to make your life easier. So bringing you soup when you're sick, making you coffee for you in the morning, or picking up your dry cleaning for you when you've had a busy day at work. Like Meg said before, when she was talking about what she was loving this week, that's an act of service. Like it wasn't like Meg said, hey, John, I want Chipotle for dinner. Can you go get it? It was him being like, oh, I know Meg had a, is, had a bad day. She has a heavy load to make her feel better. I'm going to do this. Yeah, because like usually like I get home at like six o'clock and I have to make dinner. So like he's very understanding of the fact that like, I've been at work all day and I'm tired. So, like, he always offers to, like, pick stuff up or do... Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Like, I need that. Yeah. This love language is for people who really believe that actions speak louder than words, which I definitely do. Unlike those who prefer to hear how much they're cared for, people on this list like to be shown how they're appreciated. Doing the smaller and bigger chores to make their lives easier and more comfortable is highly cherished by these folk. Which, honestly, is so true because, like, I would much rather have somebody like actively show me how they care about me then be like oh yeah i totally like i totally love you and be like okay but like i, I actions speak I louder than words y'all like i haven't seen it you know like i want to see it in action some examples of acts of service example number one is that you feel taken care of when your partner supports you and helps ease your responsibilities when they do little chores or tasks for you domestic bliss unlocked Second one is that it means a lot when someone follows through on something, especially if they're paying attention and stepped in to help. When they do this, you trust your partner to pay attention to the little details. Like when you mention something like really small and then someone does it and you're like, oh, I don't even, like, I didn't even know you remember that. Yeah. When people listen to you. Stop. Number three is that you think talk is cheap and actually means everything, which we were kind of just saying because you really just need someone to come through and to know you can rely on them because like that kind of like trust, you know, and like mm-hmm. knowing that they're like dependable is really where acts of service comes from that like you can like depend on them to help you even if you're in like a rough spot, you know? Yeah, like if I, like this week when I needed like a ride somewhere, like Kelsey drove me to my interview today mm-hmm. and like- I did not. Well, you were working, but yeah. it's like- 
I don't know. It's the little things. It, that's nice. Like so. Like, she, and then I was like, oh, you can just drop me off and mm-hmm. like I'll walk home. And she was like, oh no, like I'll just wait for you. Like yeah. it was really nice. Yeah. Point number four is that you love when your partner steps in to do little things for you to make your life easier, which is kind of what we were just saying. And the last point is that if you're feeling stressed or tired, it would be nice if your partner saw it as an opportunity to step up and alleviate your burden by taking something off your plate that's easy for them to do. That small act helps you feel taken care of. Something about this last point, like... If your partner or like your friend does something that they that you know that they don't particularly like oh doing, my God, yeah, but they do it for you. Mm-hmm. Like if like if I'm really tired and I don't feel like cleaning, John will be like, "Hey, I can do the dishes," mm-hmm. or you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it's it's just stuff like that when you pick up on it and you're like, "Okay, like I'm gonna help you out," mm-hmm. and like you know they hate doing that, but they do it anyway. Yeah, that's how I feel love. I don't know <laughs> about you guys, but. Next one up is gifts. Honestly, I love gifts. So, yeah. but it's really not that high up in my chart. Yeah, my surprisingly. Only, oh, I don't. I don't want to keep revealing all of our results. We'll share them in a minute. But um, so gifts is obviously like pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. But you love like when people give you visual symbols of love. So it's like it's not necessarily about like how much money they spend, even though like it can be for some people. It's like a tangible expression. Yeah, you know? it's just like a. Those are people I feel like they probably collect like movie tickets or mm-hmm. so like like stuff. sentimental stuff so it could just be like a note that they wrote you or like something like mm-hmm. that it's just like a physical like expression of their yeah. love it doesn't have to be like a cardio ring you know <laughs> and like also they recognize like, like people with the style recognize like the gift giving process like putting thought into something putting action into something and then like giving it to you mm-hmm and then you're choosing, like, a specific object to represent your relationship, which, like, I get. Like, that's actually kind of cute. That's such, like, um, a not materialistic spin on it, you know? I know. The people whose love language is receiving gifts enjoy being gifted something that is both physical and meaningful. The key is to give meaningful things that matter to them and reflect their values, not necessarily yours. So I know it's fun to buy stuff for someone that you can also get use out of, mm-hmm. but buying stuff, like... Like, last year for Christmas, like, one of the things John got me was a makeup palette. Mm -hmm. That's obviously not for him. Yeah. But he knew that I wanted it and got it for me. Like, he walked into Sephora all by himself, pre-pandemic, and got this. I literally sent it. I was like, this is the exact one I want. And then he, like, went in and got it. But I was like, the fact that he, like, went in there and Mm -hmm. got it for me, I was like, T. But it's just, it's honestly just stuff like that. So some examples of gifts. You feel love when you receive a gift. The present itself is nice, but it's really the thought that counts. And people say that all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily the gift that you get. It's, like, the thought behind it. This sentiment is expressed a lot. Like, when you hand make a gift and you give it to someone, it's, like, the time and the effort that they put into giving it to you. After a date or a trip, it's special to take a memento home with you seeing the item reminds you of sentimental moments which mm-hmm. i get like, yeah like cute. Br- like bringing back people like little souvenirs or if you and bring stuff. them like a shell from the beach or like a shot glass or yeah. something <laughs> you can take different you can take shots from your shell <laughs> the best gifts are the meaningful ones if it's a surprise gift it's even better it strengthens the bond and builds a deeper connection for you like i think giving gifts for me personally is like higher for me and how I express my love Mm -hmm. because like if I see something that I know someone would like I'm gonna buy it for them and there doesn't have to be like an occasion I definitely see that like even but even then even when it does come to like occasions and stuff like Christmas it's like that's kind of like my way of showing Mm -hmm. that like I listen to like what you said throughout the year I'm the person that has like a list on my phone and anytime someone's like oh I like this I'm like okay 
Noted. Me, like, writing it down. Mm-hmm. Mine is just more, like, I see stuff for Erin that I know she needs and won't buy for herself, so I buy it for her. Yeah. Like, she literally walked around for, like, a year with a hole in her purse and I went to Target, and I was like, girl, I can't do this anymore. So I bought her a wallet in her purse, and I was like, here you go, bitch. I was so like, we're funny. not doing this. So the next point is, during holidays, birthdays, or anniversaries, you want to commemorate it with a present of some kind, and, like, those days are extra special, and you love using those days as a reminder of your commitment. So it's kind of just like what Erin was just saying, how mm-hmm. those days are particularly special to her. But there doesn't always have to be an occasion. It could be like, hey, happy Wednesday. <laughs> Um, and the last one is the gesture of receiving a gift demonstrates that you're seen, cared for, and prized. You really thrive on the thoughtfulness behind the gesture and treasure nostalgic items. That's which, cute, though. Which I feel like I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I keep, I feel like I tend to, like, keep a lot of things. Like, not, like, hoard them, but, like, I just like things that have sentimental value. Yeah. Guess. And the fifth and final love language is physical touch. Um, this is not mine. <laughs> at all. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. People with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection. This includes kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, and sex. Um, I am the opposite of PDA. I hate it. It's so corny. Physical t- intimacy and touch can ob- like obviously just be like really important to some people. Of course, not to all. But it can really just serve as like a powerful emotional connector for people with this love language. Apparently, the roots... Meg and I were kind of just talking about this, but the roots go back to our childhood. And some people only felt deep affection and love by their parents when they were held, kissed, or touched. Well, I feel like my parents were very affectionate with me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think i don't feel like i need it because yeah. i feel like i had it fulfilled as a child yeah not, I, to, not to be all freudian yeah but, not to be freudian but like my parents were definitely like always like hugging mm-hmm. me like really freaking high-fiving me and but, yeah. but also on the like on, on like the other hand telling me that like they're proud yeah. of me and stuff like that people who communicate their appreciation through this lang- language when they consent to it feel appreciate when they consent to it exclamation point feel appreciated when they are hugged kissed or cuddled and they value the feeling of warmth and comfort that comes with physical touch which i mean i guess that makes sense like everyone likes a nice hug but obviously it's not really as important for some as it is for others you know i feel like people that have um physical touch as their love language are really struggling right now like i don't know anybody that like obviously people have high versions of that but it's like that that's like your number one yeah i don't know anyone that has that yeah so five examples of just like physical touch as a love language is that you look forward to hugs cuddles and kissing the word cuddles makes me that's that's my ick Mm. nothing beats tactile physical intimacy Point number two is how you feel grounded in a relationship when physical affection is accessible and often cultivated. Holding hands, long embraces, and kisses are common and welcome occurrences. This is my worst nightmare. Sorry, I'm literally gagging right now. Your game for public displays of affection, it helps you feel wanted and desired. Public displays of affection should be illegal. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. If your partner is sitting next to you, you would rather sit side to side and cuddle up. The closer, the better. If they're nearby, it's almost automatic for you to reach out to touch their leg, play with their hair, or to give them a back rub. That's literally me with Meg. And the final, the fifth and final point is that sexual intimacy makes you feel loved and closer to your partner, which I feel like everybody can kind of, like, attest to that. Yeah. I, I mean, except me. I feel like the only people that are allowed to show PDA are, like, old people. Like, when you're walking through the park and you see like an old couple and mm-hmm. they like give each other a kiss or something Stop. that's cute mm-hmm. everything else is disgusting yeah so we're going to get into our results 
So, Meg, what was your first uh, love language, your primary one, and, w- like, what was the percentage? Obviously, it's out of 100. My primary one is acts of service, and that is 35%. Mine was acts of service, and it was 37%. Yee! My second highest one is quality time with 32%. My second highest was quality time with 30%. <laughs> My next one is words of affirmation with 19%. My third one was words of affirmation with 23%. 23 and me. Why are we the same? Um, my next one is receiving gifts at 13%. My one's receiving gifts at 10%. Yeah, I love gifts. And we both had 0% for physical touch. <laughs> A fat 0%. I Close like- your eyes. That's the number we got for um, physical touch. Thank yeah. You. I just feel like it's really interesting that even we just had our roommate Kelsey take the same quiz and she got very similar answers to us. And so I feel like it really just goes to show that like obviously you're, not everybody in your life is going to have the same love languages as you. But I feel like it's kind of cool that almost like with astrology, although it's not like 100% based in science, that like a lot of it does seem to kind of work out with your life, you know? Uh, it's interesting so i also had john take this his first one is also acts of service with 30 percent. his quality time is 27 and then he was tied for receiving gifts and physical touch at 17 and then words of affirmation was his last one which actually makes sense yeah to me i think it does with him i know that he likes physical touch so like I hate saying this, but I'll touch him more. I just hate the way that sounds. I don't like when people necessarily touch me, but like if I touch other people, I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that he likes that. So like I'll like rub his shoulder or Mm -hmm. something like that. Like, but I don't necessarily want him to like like reciprocate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I like Meg and I took this. I remember we took this quiz like pretty early on to our friendship. Like we Mm -hmm. had just moved in together when we took it. Honestly, I feel like it would be great for anybody that you lived with or just like a friend in general because it's honestly really important to see how people express love. As you can see, like the four of us that live in this apartment, we all best show our love through acts of service. And so like it really just goes to show that like when somebody like, I don't know, when somebody like gets like a grocery or like a new snack Mm -hmm. and is like, oh, this is for everyone. Or when even when someone literally changes the toilet paper roll, I'm like, wow, (laughs) this, this is intimacy, you know? No, I think, honestly, like, if your parents want to take it or, like, your siblings mm-hmm. or, like, literally anyone in your life. Like, I remember when we first took it, we had our coworkers take it Oh, my God, work. yeah. I forgot about that. And, like, the, it was really interesting to see their results because they were, like, really different than ours. Mm-hmm. I feel like like individuals tend to be friends yeah. or something like that. Like, I think it's funny how, like, all four of us have the mm-hmm. same, like, love languages basically in the same percentages yeah like me you and kelsey were only like one or two points off for like each one mm-hmm. so i think that's really telling because love language is really just like in the end like i mean they kind of relate to like your childhood like they said but it also just relates to kind of like your values yeah and that's how you build friendships mm-hmm. So as you guys know, we just gave some examples of each of the love languages, but we found this really cute like graphic that shows, for example, if Meg's top love language was words of affirmation, it shows how to communicate with them and specific actions that you can take. So it can be that like this just makes it really easy and like simplistic to like communicate with the other like the other person. So I'll read the first one. So the first one was if you or like a loved one that you have, if their first love language is words of affirmation, or even if it's just like up there on the list, how to communicate with them is by encouraging, affirming, appreciating appreciating empathizing and listening actively which we kind of already said that encouraging them and like reminding them that you love them is what's really most important and actions to take in this instance are to send an unexpected note text or card or to genuinely encourage and do it often the next one is physical touch 
And with this, you want to use nonverbal body language to touch and express your love. And actions to take for this one are hugs, kisses, holding hands, (laughs) showing physical affection often, making intimacy a thoughtful priority. I mean... I know that's like a good way of looking at it though is that to like put thought into it and not just like lazily be like oh hold my hand you know to like actually make it have like intent well no that's kind of what i did with john because I, like i said i really don't like physical touch but i mm-hmm. know he does so i'll try and like do it to him because i know he likes it meaningful Ooh. for me doing acts of service for his <laughs> physical touch need okay me another love language receiving gifts so how to communicate with that is through thoughtfulness by making your spouse a priority and to speak purposefully. That was a lot of, like, peas. That was hard to say. And actions to take in that instance are to give thoughtful gifts and gestures. Small things matter in a big way and express gratitude when receiving a gift, which is another thing, too. Yeah, I think, like, Expressing how you gratitude. react yeah. when you get it, yeah. Next one is quality time. How to communicate this is through uninterrupted and focused conversations. One-on-one time is critical. So I think, like putting time aside and just like making sure that you're being together with no distractions Mm -hmm. is like the best way to do it and some actions to take are through creating special moments together taking walks and doing small things with your partner and weekend getaways are huge for them i like that one and for acts of service the way to communicate in that instance is to use action phrases like i'll help dot 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 they want to know that you're with them and partnered with them and then actions that you can do are to do chores together or make them breakfast in bed and go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload i just i just love love, like love languages in general they're just so fun so this is interesting so apparently like the man that made up this test uh he analyzed the results of ten thousand people who took his online quiz in 2010 and found that words of affirmation was the most popular love language but only by a little bit and then in 2018 um hinge which i don't know if you guys have heard of that but it's a dating app we've talked about it many a times on this (laughs) podcast um they did they analyzed their app and found that the most common love language was quality time by a lot interesting it also like depends on gender culture customs and values which makes sense it's Mm -hmm. like i think it's like how you're raised like we said before and also like maybe what you were lacking and certain love languages which are prevalent in the west are much less common in western non-western cultures so like Whereas we don't like physical touch, like I know in like the Middle East and stuff, it's considered rude if you like Mm -hmm. don't sit very close to someone. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, it's like if you invade my personal space, like I'm gonna fucking step up. Yeah, no, (laughs) like I I was just thinking about that too. Especially now, yeah, like obviously the U.S. is so individualistic, and a lot Mm -hmm. of other cultures are more like collectivistic, and they're more like collective. So I don't know. I feel like it that's something i really didn't think of too is that it really just depends on like culture and customs too not only just like how you grew up like here's a really cool example so like in asia and asian culture directly praising someone is like really uncomfortable and it's like can be seen as offensive whereas here if you're like oh my god like you look so pretty today or something Mm -hmm. like people love to hear that so i think it's really important to just be mindful like where you are in the world and if you are traveling to like adapt to what is acceptable there Mm -hmm. and we also wanted to share a little bit about dating with each type of love language so obviously love languages are a deceptively simple concept 
but understanding them can really help just like to transform any single relationship like we said before obviously it didn't make like a major impact on our relationship as friends Mm -hmm. but i feel like it does to some extent because like you're really learning how the other person gives and receives love because it can be really different from you like yours for example i might love words of affirmation but meg might place like a premium on quality time and touch and so if i'm out here being like oh my god meg you're my best friend like i love you so much like you're the best but she just wants to like hang out with me and like that doesn't matter as much to her it can honestly it's kind of like meg already said earlier it can like ruin or like break up a relationship yeah i think it's really important to know how your partner accepts love Mm -hmm. and like how like which way is best to give it to them yeah so we talked about like how to like kind of handle each love language but we wanted to talk about specifically dating with each type of like love language because we talk about dating a lot on this podcast so when it comes to dating with words of affirmation words really just mean everything so it's important to choose them wisely to err on the side of positivity and communications will flourish maybe not toxic positivity but Uh when you notice the good things you have to say it and say it often but try not to engage in non-constructive criticism because words have an impact and leave a lasting impression so obviously we've all heard of constructive criticism being like hey like i don't like when you say that to me like i think it would be better if you did this instead of being like hey like you're mean sometimes yeah and stuff like that it's like it's all about the tone and like how you say it yeah like or like if you're giving someone a criticism and you're like oh i don't like the way that you like did this or the way that like this piece of work was done i think you should do it like this like you should give like a counter offer and not make it seem like you're just like attacking them okay so for quality time like carving out intentional space in your schedule for time together is super important and it could be something really simple like going for a walk you know doing an exciting pandemic activity (laughs) And having a good in-depth conversation about your day and to not, like, be on your phone. Mm-hmm. For acts of service, a way to go about this when it comes to dating is to go above and beyond with your actions to show your love. Don't always make it about chores because people have different interpretations of this. Like, for example, like, me showing my way of acts of service could be through, like, cleaning. But then, mm-hmm. like, John's way of showing acts of service is, like, picking up something for you or, like, making your load easier. Yeah, or, like, if I'm, like, cooking dinner for Erin or she's, like, hey, I like clean the bathroom today yeah stuff like that so to display vigilance by anticipating how you can make their life easier those little acts really just like add up and make all the difference so for gifts like they'll remember the special occasion so make sure to mark it on the calendar and like honor the day with your partner with a thoughtful gift so just like being aware of specific dates and like anniversaries like maybe Mm -hmm. it's like maybe not the anniversary you first started dating maybe it's like your first kiss or mm-hmm. like something like that like anything Ew. sentimental to these people it's just like it's just like off the blow, charts it'll blow them away yeah you can win extra brownie points with a just because gift like i said like before like happy wednesday mm-hmm. i think those are the best gifts when yeah it's just like random it could be as simple as a hand-picked flower from the garden or getting them a cute keychain from their favorite travel destination and these small gestures can celebrate the relationship in a big way. Even, mm-hmm. you, like we said before, you do not have to spend a lot of money. I know it sounds, like, kind of vapid and materialistic to be like, oh, gifts is my love language. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't have to be like that. It could literally be, like, me writing a little note for Erin yeah. saying, like, hey. like the, I, Or, like, sending her a card. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I love, like, when people send me cards in the mail. Yeah. Like, that, like, only a couple of people do that to me. It's, like, my grandpa and, like, my aunt. I I just, I just stopped home to, like, my parents' house mm-hmm. before coming back here, and I wrote my aunt a thank you card because she sent me a check for my birthday. No, but, like, the fact that, like, people 
take the time to mm-hmm. like send you cards i just think it's so cute yeah i love that i don't know i feel like i hope this i mean we still have like more to say but like i just hope this episode has helped some of you because i know like the idea of like having gifts be your number one love language can seem almost like shameful you know and like seem like embarrassing but like it's nothing to be ashamed of and i don't know it's it's just as valid as the rest of them but when it comes to dating with touch, Meg, pay attention to this one. Tender caresses and physical affection are everything. This love language is refreshingly straightforward, easy to satisfy, and doesn't involve a lot of planning, exertion, or money. I mean, because it's literally like ugh, putting your, bo- your armor on that your body. <laughs> Selling <laughs> your body. <laughs> it's as easy as reaching out for connection by squeezing their arm while you're watching a movie or tapping their butt when you walk by them. Simple. It's literally me to Meg. Honestly, though, I feel like if you're in a relationship, you do this stuff just like anyway. Mm-hmm. Like holding each other's hands mm-hmm. or just like snuggling when you go to sleep or and, like stuff like that. But like, I'm not gonna like. <laughs> i'm not gonna like rub aaron's shoulders or some shit like i like I, that i think like this i think physical touch has like is more specific to mm-hmm. relationships yeah. than anything else but and before we just like wrap up this episode i kind of wanted to i mean we're adding the disclaimer at the end of the episode kind of but we kind of want to just just talk about some criticisms of the love language theory if you guys didn't know we did it an astrology episode like over the summer but we didn't really like talk about any criticisms in there because it was honestly just a fun episode but we do take love languages a little bit more seriously but we did want to touch on a few of the criticisms because i don't want to just act like love languages are science and are should be treated as fact you know so almost 30 years from the book's like publication today as popular as the concept is many people have since pointed out that there are problems that a lot of people don't notice with love languages some people can use them as sort of a personality test despite the fact that his real whole point going into this is that we're supposed to adapt ourselves to our partner's love languages not the man that they Mm -hmm. use ours which is true like i don't know you're really supposed to just like learn from your partner's love language and learn how to treat them better or treat them differently than to expect i don't know the word that he used like demand them to use ours and then kind of adapt to us well because that's kind of what love is it's mm-hmm. like doing stuff for other people and not expecting anything in return yeah recent research has revealed that couples being aligned with each other's love language wavelength doesn't actually mean that it's going to make a successful and happy relationship and it says that couples who shared the same love language weren't happier than the couples who had differing styles and suggested that mastering the fluency over the love language system and adapting it based on what your partner needs at the moment is more valuable than solely relying on a dominant love language type well that makes sense because like john and i can still have similar love languages but like he could still be out here cheating on me yeah like Like, it doesn't affect like the quality of the relationship it just it makes it easier on like how to relate together and like how to just be partners in the relationship i mean it's just like with astrology you Mm -hmm. know like we already said like meg and i are i'm an aquarius meg's a taurus and like we're technically not like the most compatible ever but here we are best friends like roommates having a podcast all this stuff and so it doesn't mean it can't you really shouldn't base your whole life around it it's not like a love calculator when you like type in each other oh my god i used to do that all the time and i was like no 19 percent." yeah i was like fuck i can't like him now so funny gotta find someone else quote it promotes codependency and prevents partners from developing autonomy meg's favorite word and authenticity a relationship is a place for transformation and growth and when we limit each other with a specific love language we do not allow room for for change 
end quote. So the broad concepts, which lean on its practical simplicity, can also feel too simplistic because it's not really like inclusive of sexuality, culture, trauma, and intergen like and intergenerational differences and nuanced communities, which is kind of like what we're saying. Like there's so many more layers that like we don't even pay attention to and don't even like take into account when it comes to this. There really just needs to be an understanding that human relationships are complicated and they reflect childhood wounds and attachment styles. I feel like it would be fun to do an attachment styles episode too. Oh, I really want to do that. Quote, I believe that once a person heals the wounds of their past relationships and develops a healthy attachment style, that their love language also changes. So just like in general to kind of conclude everything, it's important not to use love languages as a universal like remedy to issues and it's clear that we still have like need more skill sets than those in our toolkit to face problems that may exist below the surface of any relationship whether it be romantic or platonic so yeah i really hope that everyone enjoyed this episode i liked it yeah i I think we want to do some more episodes like this like Mm -hmm. we might do like a personality test one if you guys are familiar with caller with with carl young if you guys I thought you were going to say Caller Daddy. I so did I. It sounded like Caller Daddy. If you guys are familiar with Caller... <laughs> it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you guys are familiar with Caller... Caller Carl Daddy. Caller Her Daddy. Caller Her Daddy. If you guys are familiar with Carl Young, he's the famous psychologist. He developed like the personality test and you get a four-letter code. I think that would be a really fun what one are to you? do. Actually, don't talk no, about it. No, we're not going to talk about it. I'll talk. I'll tell you off camera. I mean, off camera, off, off mic. mic. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to support the podcast in the link down below. Follow us on Instagram at Love You Mean It Podcast, and let us know what kind of episodes you'd like to see in the future. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it.